You can have your business plan, your performer all put together and you go talk to these people and say, hey, here's what I wanna do. I'm, I know I'm gonna buy land, I'm gonna build new construction. I haven't identified the property yet, but I know it's gonna be in this area or in this area. It's roughly gonna cost me you know, this much to build it because I know what it is price per square foot, right? And be like, okay, hey, when I find something, can I send you this, this link? Can we look at this land together? Because I think this is something that I wanna partner with you on. And you can start having these preliminary conversations prior to, right? I, that's what I did. Welcome back to Assisted Living Investing with me, Brett Schottkavis. And today we're talking about raising money. And I'm gonna show you how I raised money on the equity side. So I've done it on the equity side and on the debt side. So we're gonna break down raising money on an equity side today, bringing on an equity partner. All right, so I've done it here on the current project that I'm working on. We bought eight acres. We're building a neighborhood of memory care mansions. There's gonna be about, uh, well, there's gonna be four of them on this neighborhood. And each of those is about 10,000 square feet. They're all 16 bedrooms, 17 baths, just gorgeous, huge memory care mansions. And they're about, 2.5, 2.25 million per building, right? So I'm gonna be a little above 10 million to build the whole project. So I got bank financing on the majority of it, but I brought on an equity partner to cover the difference, to cover the gap, all the money I need for the down payment. So let's talk about that today. I'll be specific with some of the things on how I structured my deal, and I'll kind of talk through how you can structure these things and why you would want to structure something on the equity side and not on the debt side. So when I say raising money on the equity side, what I mean is we're not borrowing money and putting it against the property, right? That would be on the debt side. We wanna be on the other side of this coin. We wanna be raising money and trading that capital for a percentage, for a percentage of the deal. You're actually bringing on a partner who's gonna be co-owner of the real estate and the operations company with you. So that's what I mean. Here's how we can structure that. Now, there are some fantastic advantages to raising money on the equity side. So let's go through them. First and foremost, I think the biggest advantage to raising money with equity is you need that money for the down payment. You're talking to a bank and they say, hey, we will lend you 80%, 90%, whatever it is, but you have to come up with the remaining funds, right? That's your down payment. Your down payment is cash that you have to come up with, which means that you can't borrow that money. You can't go and get a second position loan and say, hey, grandma, will you lend me 200 grand because the bank's gonna give me this money over here, but then they say I need a down payment. That's not a down payment. That's just another loan, right? So you can't do a second loan. It has to be an equity position, meaning you're gonna bring on a partner with you. The money doesn't have to come from your bank account, but it has to come from your partner's bank account. So that's why it's important to distinguish. The number one reason why you'd wanna raise money on equity is that you need cash for the down payment. And again, it doesn't have to be your money out of your bank account. It just has to be someone who is now on the ownership team, right? Because you're not buying it in your personal name, you're gonna buy it in this entity, and that entity will be owned by you and potentially now your investor partner. So the second reason why you may wanna consider raising this money on the equity side is because it may be easier to do if you have a bigger deal. Now, if you're doing a smaller deal and you just need to raise $50,000, that would be much easier to do and you could potentially do that pretty easily on the debt side, right? You could go to grandma, you could go to friends and family and say, hey, I wanna borrow 50 grand for my project and you could use that loan and collateralize it against the real estate. 
If you need to borrow, you know, 200,000, 400,000, a million dollars or more, that's gonna be harder to do on the debt side. It is gonna be much easier to structure a bigger deal on the equity side. And that is the number one reason why I structured my current deal on the equity side, where I'm bringing in over a million dollars in cash, and I don't want that to be my cash, I want it to be an investor's money, right? So I'm not gonna go very easily and raise um, you know, over a million dollars on the debt side and put it in a second position because now how do I get the money for the down payment, right? I still need, I still have that problem of needing that money for the down payment if I go to the bank. So it's so much easier to do a bigger deal if you're going to structure it on the equity side because you can borrow that money and now bring on an investor partner, put them on the deal with you, and now you have it for the down payment. The third reason that I think you may find it easier to raise money on the equity side is it may be more appealing to your potential investors. Investors wanna be part of the deal. They wanna win when you win. And if you're showing them, hey, you have a grand slam deal here, you're building this memory care mansion that's gonna make 40 or $50,000 a month, is you're gonna build this thing and it's gonna have one, $2 million worth of equity built into it, they want a piece of that action. Right, you're gonna tell them how great it is. They're gonna be like, well, cool, I want in on that. And it may be, this is the best way to structure a win-win. If they wanna put up the capital and have that risk of that capital in there, they want an equivalent reward for that. And they want to be tied to the deal. When the deal goes great, they wanna profit with it. When you sell it for you know, two, three times, the amount because of appreciation and equity build, they wanna be part of that also. So let's talk through some of the things you need to consider when you're bringing on an equity partner. One of these things is the roles, right? Who is going to have what role? And I like to keep it pretty simple when I'm doing this and I'm gonna say, I have one active partner whose job is to run the business. And then I have potentially a investor partner, right? They're the money partner. It's their job to bring the capital to the table. And that's the way that I've structured this before. And I like to kind of keep it in, in kind of a black and white area. I don't want the money partner necessarily getting involved in the day to day. I don't think that's the best place for them. If they are a silent partner, a money partner, an investor that you're bringing on that don't have any experience in this type of deal, then I would keep them over there in the silent partner kind of way. And we'll talk through more deal structure and um, voting rights and things like that. But I want to say, hey, you know, money partner, I'm going to have this deal covered for you. I'm going to take care of all the work. I'm going to build it. I'm going to license it. I'm going to manage it. I'm going to fill it. I'm going to handle all the grandmas and grandpas. That's my role, right? That's what I am here to do. You, you're going to have your job. You have your income. You're doing your thing and you are bringing up the capital for this. And that's really your role, right? So I think that's the best way to structure this kind of thing. I don't want to mix these things, unless you're bringing on multiple partners because someone's you know, a real estate person, someone's a nurse, someone's a business person, then you can kind of split those roles up. But if someone's specifically just there to bring the capital, then I would keep them in the capital box and I wouldn't give them responsibilities or duties of day-to-day -day operations. Another thing that's really important to talk about is the personal guarantee. You're gonna have to personally guarantee to the bank, if you go get a traditional loan, a conventional loan, a commercial loan, an SBA loan, any of these kind of loans, right? They're gonna want you to personally guarantee these funds. Now, the big question is, does your investor need to personally guarantee these funds? And they may or may not. There's gonna be some things that go into that, but the biggest thing is, 
what percentage of equity do they have? If they have more than 20% equity in the deal, there's a very high likelihood the bank will require them to personally guarantee this loan. Meaning if the deal goes bad and they have to take the property back, they can go after that person's assets. They could take their house and other collateral that they have. So there's additional risk on that investor in that place. You, if you were the one putting the deal together, you're the owner, the operator, the person who's managing this project, you are probably gonna have to personally guarantee this also. So it's a very good discussion point to have on the front side when you are talking to investors about raising capital and they're saying, well, what percentage should I have, right? How, what percentage are you offering me? There's kind of a hard line in my mind and that line is above 20% and below 20% because that's gonna be personally guaranteed or not personally guaranteed. Now that's not an exclusive thing. There may be other factors that come into that and, and requirements from the bank, but that's kind of a general rule for me. So here's the way that I think about this. If I'm gonna bring on an equity partner, most likely I know they're not going to want to personally guarantee, right? That's kind of just no one wants to put extra risk on their plate. So then I'm going to try my best to structure a deal where they are less than 20%. They're 19%, they're 15%, whatever that is. But you have to compensate the risk for the reward. So how much capital do they have to put up? Because if they're putting up you know, 50 grand, that's not a ton of capital, 100 grand, okay, maybe. If you're talking 300,000 or more, a million dollars or more, then you know what? That 19% may not be enough for them to be a great win-win. Now we're talking about, okay, now you're pushing over 20%. For me, if I'm the investor, the difference between a 19% percentage and a 20% percentage where I have to personally guarantee is a night and day huge difference, right? That extra 1%, if I have to add on the additional risk of personally guaranteeing is, is worth nothing to me, right? I either wanna be 19% and not personally guarantee or I want, or I wanna be much higher than 20% if I have to personally guarantee. So that's the perspective I take from the investor person. So I wanna come at it to try and structure some type of win-win here. So if I'm raising a smaller amount, I will try and keep them in a place where they do not have to personally guarantee, where they're gonna be below 20%. But if I know I need more capital, I need a higher amount, hundreds of thousands or a million dollars or more, then potentially I'm gonna to wanna to structure a deal where they have a bigger win. And I'm not talking 20, 21, 22%. Maybe you're talking much higher than that. Maybe you're talking 35 or 40 or 45%. You're gonna have to discuss these things. But if they have a bigger risk, if they're putting up more capital and they are putting their actual personal balance sheet on the line, right? The house they live in, their other rental properties, their cash in the bank. If they have to put that money at risk because they have to sign for the bank, then they need to be rewarded for that. So I really kind of think of it as like a small or a big investment, right? Like I can kind of put it in two boxes. I think that in between area in that 19, 20, 21% is kind of just like quicksand. Like I don't want to play in that space. I either want to say, okay, you know, hey, you're, you're 19 and we're going to have a, a, a limited risk on your part or hey, you're all in on this and we're going to have a huge win and you're going to share in that profit and there's going to be more risk and more reward on your side, right? Like one way or the other. So you may ask, when do I need to bring on this equity partner? When's the best time? Is it before I buy the property? Is it after I buy the property? And I think you can really do both of these. So let's talk through this. Because I have brought on an equity partner in both sides of these things, before and after I've, I've bought the property. So 
I will use a takedown loan, right? That's some type of loan or my own cash to buy the property before I go through and do all of my um, permitting and getting all my bids dialed in, right? I need some time to do that. So I want to own the property. Now I can either bring in an investor before that. So I'm using their capital, right? They may just buy the, the property, the house, the land in cash, right? If they bought it in cash, that money now can be used as part of my down payment. Every bank that I've talked to that's, has all told me the same thing, that if you buy this land in cash or this property in cash, that you can use that in the future as part of the down payment. So that money is not actually wasted, right? So you, can, you don't have to come up with that money twice. So you can bring somebody on on the front side. You can have your business plan, your performer all put together, and you go talk to these people and say, hey, here's what I want to do. I'm, I know I'm going to buy land, we're going to build new construction. I haven't identified the property yet, but I know it's going to be in this area or in this area. It's roughly going to cost me, you know, this much to build it because I know what it is price per square foot, right? And be like, okay, hey, when I find something, can I send you this, this link? Can we look at this land together? Because I think this is something that I want to partner with you on. And you can start having these preliminary conversations prior to, right? I, that's what I did. So once we found a piece of property and it wasn't the first time, it was like the third or fourth time. It was like, hey, We've already been through these different conversations. We've already negotiated the loose terms on this. Now let's dial these things in um, and let's, let's take down this property. And so for me, I brought in this equity partner. We bought a piece of land in cash. So he funded it right through the LLC that we, we set up together. And now we are going through and getting all of our permits, all of our building scope work done. And then we're going to be like, okay, lender, we are ready. We own this property in cash. That payment that we used for the, to purchase the land is now rolled into the down payment. We can use that as part of it. Now, the other way you could do this is if you bought this land or this property before bringing on an equity partner, go through the exact same thing, right? And let's just say you bought it with your own cash you, or you bought it hard money or you bought it with some type of loan, right? Now you can own the property you can go through, start doing all of your permits, getting all your ducks in a row. And at that point, you can start looking for this investor partner, right? You can bring them on in that in-between stage before you go and get your big loan, right? Before you get the loan from the bank for all the construction, you can at that point bring them on. Now they are going to fund the down payment for that bigger loan. You're going to pay off that first loan if you did. And now you have them in as an equity partner. Right now they have um, part of that entity and you are literally sharing in the deal together. So let's talk about this deal structure because we've talked about multiple entities here. We've talked about partnerships. How do you structure this deal? And I, this is the way that I've structured it. I want to keep my land, my building and my operations separate, right? So I've created multiple entities for these things. And now if I'm bringing on an equity partner, then we're going to set up a partnership and literally for me, I set up an LLC tax as a partnership and that entity bought the land. Okay. Now that entity is owned by two other entities, which is one of them is my entity and one of them is the investors entity, right? So these two entities, mine and his went, created a new entity. So our entities together are the owners of this new entity. That entity went and bought the land, right? So I'll take that principle and I do the exact same thing on the other side which is the operations side, right? Same principle. So we'll have a partnership that runs the operations company and that partnership is owned by two other entities, right? Mine and the investors. So that's really the way that I structured it. 
but there's a lot of little details and questions you have to hash out during this kind of thing, right? So the first one is what type of percentage is it gonna be? What is the, the voting rights? What are the roles? What are the duties? What happens when a partner dies or gets divorced? What happens if somebody has to personally guarantee or if you need additional collateral? What are the timelines when you wanna sell and exit this deal? All of these things you can put in your operating agreement, right? You can hire an attorney to go through these things. They'll create an operating agreement for you. You can go back and forth and ask a bunch of different questions. And I encourage you to do this on the front side before you get too far into the deal, just in case you have any roadblocks that you need a little time to hash out. Okay, so one other thing I think is important to recognize is that when you have these two separate companies, you're gonna have your, your real estate company on one side, your operations company on the other side, they do not have to have the same percentage of ownership. Right? Meaning that if you, are, if you decided to have a certain percentage of ownership that you gave away to your investor on the real estate, you don't have to have that same percentage on the operations company. And I think it's important to have a great win for the operator on the operations company. If you are going to be there and run the show and when people call in sick, you're going to either find someone covered or you're going to cover it. There's a lot of risk for time, especially that first six months or 12 months. There's a lot of time risk as you're setting up your business, right? It's not an easy thing to do to handle end of life care. As you're building this company, you should have the reward of the cash flow of that operations company. So I would encourage you to not structure it the same, right? Find a win-win on the real estate side. That's where the, your investor is really gonna win, right? They're gonna have the equity play. They're gonna have the security of the building but they're gonna also have cash flow there. So consider that if you are the one running the operations company, if it's your assisted living, then structure it so that you have a bigger win on the operations side. So that when you're profitable, when you're full, when you're doing great, that you are gonna make a little bit more reward on that side than potentially on the real estate side. Another variable to consider with the operations company is that that equity partner does not have to be part of the operations company at all. They could just be on the real estate company, right? They'll need to be there for the bank, but they don't actually have to be part of the operations company. And potentially, if they wanted some of the cash flow of that operations company without maybe the potential of liability or risk on the operations company, you could structure a profit sharing agreement. They can have 0% equity in the actual entity, but still have a profit sharing agreement that you can pay them from. So raising money can be very scary to some people it's actually not that complicated. It's pretty simple, right? I'm gonna raise it on debt, I'm gonna raise it on equity. I'm gonna bring on a bank, I'm gonna bring on an investor partner. I'm gonna structure my deal for a win-win and I'm gonna run my operations company. That's really the gist of it. It's not as intimidating as people think it is. So continue to follow along because I'm gonna be sharing more stuff on raising money, on building your assisted living, on running your operations company, and really my goal is to provide all this content with you for free. I want you to be successful, and as I'm growing my business and becoming successful, I wanna share all of my successes and my failures. I want you to learn from everything I've done right and everything that I screwed up on so that you can be successful and take care of your own family. So if you want more training like this, I have a free foundations training. I go through 15 different modules, including stuff like this, like raising money, deal structure, working with the bank, bringing on investor partners, so check it out. I'll put it in the comments below. Like and subscribe, and I will see you all on the next one.